Hello everyone, welcome to a busy episode of Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Tyler Callahan, and we got the latest box office numbers, updates from Hollywood, and news from Comic-Con. So let's start with the box office numbers. Opening in first place is Jordan Peele's latest film, Nope, with $44 million. Dropping to second place is Thor Love and Thunder with $22.1 million for a total of $276.2 million. And third place is Minions The Rise of Gru with $17.7 million for a total of $297.8 million. Fourth place was Where the Crawdads Sing with $10.3 million for a total of $38.3 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Top Gun Maverick with $10 million for a total of $635.5 million. So Nope was our big wide release this past weekend, and it did okay to good. It came in a few million on the lower side of expectations, uh, but still above 40 million, and has been getting great reviews from critics. Now for the audience, it did get a B cinema score, but from what I've heard, this film gets really weird, so I would not be surprised if people did not respond well to it. Now, will that affect word of mouth much? It could, but I don't think word of mouth will get toxic, and it can make it to at least 100 million domestic. Also, with it being an adult film that is also an original movie, compared to those kind of films released this year, the opening numbers are great. Just, if you look at it historically, it's only okay. But hey, for Jordan Peele, that's 3 for 3 on opening at number 1 at the box office. Thor dropped another 53%, and at this rate, we'll finish above 300 million and possibly get to around 325, but that's going to be it. Also for the Crawdads film, it only dropped 40% from its opening weekend, which is a solid hold. Staying in first place in China is Detectives vs. Sleuths with 14.3 million for a total of 86 million. And second place is Lighting Up the Stars with 11.7 million for a total of 232.6 million. Third place was Mozart from Space with 6.4 million for a total of 29.2 million. And fourth place is Jurassic World Dominion with 2.5 million for a total now of 154 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Love Can't Be Said, which opened to 2.1 million. Overall, solid hold for the films already released, and a poor start for newcomer Love Can't Be, Can't Be Said. For upcoming Hollywood films, we have one coming out soon, The Lost City. I take it will not do great numbers in China, as it's been on streaming for months now, so likely there are streams available for it in China for the people that really wanted to see it. To finish up the numbers, we now move on to the worldwide view. Thor Love and Thunder made $31.8 million for a total of $598.2 million. Minions The Rise of Gru made $42.1 million for a worldwide total of $640.3 million. Top Gun Maverick made $16.4 million for a total of $1.28 billion. Jurassic World Dominion made $7 million for a total now of $920.6 million. Finally, the Black Phone made $6.9 million for a worldwide total of $130.1 million. Moving over to news in Hollywood, of which we have a lot. First, let's get some quick things out of the way. We got word that Thor Love and Thunder will not play in Malaysian theaters. The big theater chain there, GSC, posted on social media that Disney confirmed it will not be playing. This followed an initial delay of releasing it before the film was released worldwide, a specific reason. As for why the film was not being released there was not given, Variety posted an article about this story and mentioned that, like Lightyear, Disney was asked to make cuts to the film to get approved, and Disney said no. With the release of Nope over the weekend, we got our first teaser trailer for Nolan's next film, Oppenheimer. It doesn't show much, but it kind of sets the tone for the film. 
Personally, it's one of my most anticipated films of next year, and I can't wait. It comes out next July in what will be the biggest box office weekend of next summer, Oppenheimer vs. Barbie. Paramount has given an update to the Quiet Place spin-off with a title end date. The film is now called A Quiet Place Day 1 and will come out March 8, 2024. Previously, it was expected to come out September of next year, and so far no casting has been announced for it. Sony is also back to changing some dates. One of their Spider-Man films, Madame Web, has been pushed out of next summer and will instead come out October 6, 2023. That's a solid date for the film, as Venom has done a great release in October. Will Madame Web have a similar success remains to be seen. Sony pushed back an untitled Marvel film from October 2023 to June 7, 2024. At this point, considering their release calendar, that is either Venom 3 or maybe even Spider-Man 4. The studio also announced a date for Insidious 5, which comes out July 7, 2023, and for next Easter, you can watch Russell Crowe as a priest who does exorcisms in The Pope's Exorcist. From MGM, we do still have a film from them that's not going straight to Prime Video, and that is Creed 3. It was originally set to come out this November, but will instead come out next March. It will open up against Paramount's Dungeons & Dragons film. I'm surprised they picked that date against a film that is kind of direct competition for them, but we'll see how it goes. Wouldn't be surprised though if one of them moves out of that weekend. A few weeks ago I talked about Studio Canal working on an Amy Winehouse film, and it looks like they may have picked who will play the singer. Deadline is reporting that Marissa Alba is their pick for the role, but has not been sent an offer yet. This is due in part of the production needs to be finalized before moving forward. I have not seen any of her work, but she has been in the show Industry, which is on HBO, and recently started a second season. STX is back in the news, and that they finally have a way to distribute their films again. Over the past few months, they have been working out issues, uh, there was a buyout, uh, and this led them to pulling their upcoming films for the time being. Guy Ritchie's newest film was supposed to be out in April. Hell, I remember seeing a movie in February, and I saw the trailer for this film with Jason Statham in it. It was supposed to come out in April and just got pulled. No word on it since. Well, now Deadline is exclusively reporting that STX has made a partnership with Lionsgate. The overall deal is that Lionsgate will distribute STX's theatrical films domestically, but STX gets to stay as an independent studio, so Lionsgate does not own STX, and from what I'm reading from this, they don't get to tell them what films to make. Lionsgate will simply get films from them and distribute them in theaters and possibly digital and physical media. So for them, it's a good way to bolster their library of films. For STX, they will still be able to make films now, not only for theatrical release, but also for streaming which as of now, they still seem to have full control over who they sell those to. And as of now, they still currently plan to make 12 to 15 films per year. For now, I'd say this is a good deal for both parties. Besides what I already said in regards to Lionsgate and for STX, uh, again, STX now can move forward as a studio and go back to making and releasing films and release the ones already made. Sadly, as part of STX's restructuring under new management, besides finding a domestic distributor, they have also announced that they will be closing their UK offices with layoffs expected. Hopefully the people laid off will land on their feet soon. Next story is a bit of a weird one as it usually doesn't happen that often, but we have film rights up for sale. Uh, the rap is exclusively reporting that the film rights to Tomb Raider are now up for grabs. Why? Well, MGM took too long to make their sequel. While it was reportedly in development, the rap is reporting that they had until May to actually move forward with it, and they didn't. 
With this happening, the rights are now up for sale and multiple studios are currently interested. As for Alicia Vikander, she is now no longer attached to whatever new Tomb Raider film gets made by the new studio. I wonder the reason MGM did not move forward with the sequel was Amazon wasn't too pushed on it. Since the buyout was completed, there have been quite a few changes, and I wonder if they didn't see much worth in having Tomb Raider as a franchise for them. Personally, I thought the first film was okay, but nothing special. As for who will buy the rights, I would say either Warner Brothers or Paramount. Both studios could use another potential franchise, and with video game movies still growing in popularity, there is potential upside here. Dark Horse pick for me would be Apple coming out of nowhere and buying the rights. Uh, again, they've been more selective in their content with Apple, but one thing they don't have yet is a big budget franchise that people can point to. Finally, for news in Hollywood at San Diego Comic-Con, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios delivered the goods and announced quite a few things. First off, Black Panther Wakanda Forever will be the end of Phase 4, and they also released a trailer for the film coming out in November. Phase 5 will start next February with Ant-Man Quantumania. For the rest of the films, I'm going to name them off in order, as there was a lot announced. Next May is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Next July will be the Marvels, which we already knew. For new dates, next November, Blade will come out. It's not clear yet if that will be rated R or not. For 2024, we have Captain America New World Order coming out in May, so that will kick off the summer movie season that year. Then in July 2024, the Thunderbolts movie will come out, which will end Phase 5. Not only that, we also started to get a look at how Phase 6 will shape up, and it looks to be massive. First, Phase 6 will start off November 2024 with Fantastic Four, which, as far as we know, is still looking for its director. For 2025 and beyond, most films just have a release date and are not known what they are, but we know two that were announced. For the first time ever, two Avenger films will be coming out in the same year. To kick off the summer movie season in May of 2025 is Avengers The Kang Dynasty, which will be directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed Shang-Chi. Then in November 2025, Avengers Secret Wars will be released, which will end Phase 5. There was other news as well in regards to Marvel Studios shows on Disney+, including Daredevil coming back for a massive 18-episode season, and Loki Season 2 confirmed to be released next summer. Overall, I was very happy with the announcements from Marvel Studios, and seeing them being announced one after the other was great. And there are definitely some films here that I'm excited about, including both Avenger films, Ant-Man, and Blade. But one thing that concerns me is how fast these phases are going to be. By the time Phase 6 is done, Phase 4, 5, and 6 on average, will be about two years each, a bit shorter than the phases one through three. That, on top of all the content planned to be released during that time, I think Marvel Studios needs to balance not causing burnout on watching all of this and start to build up the Kang as the next threat, which started in Loki and will now continue in Ant-Man. Moving over to VOD Premium, which has also been very busy. We start with HBO Max, where they will once again be losing the Harry Potter films on August 31st. For the past two years, the films have bounced back and forth between HBO Max and Peacock, and since July 1st, they have been on both services domestically. Well, after the 31st, they will be back to being Peacock exclusive. Speaking of Peacock, Comcast had their quarterly earnings, so let's see how the service is doing over the past quarter. The service now has 13 million paying subscribers, up from 9 million at the end of 2021. Including the free accounts, there are 27 million active subscribers. 
And as of the money coming in and out, the losses from Peacock last quarter were $467 million, while it brought in $444 million in revenue. While that may seem it's almost break-even, it won't be, as the company announced that for 2022 as a whole, they expect the service to lose $2.5 billion. This is partially due to the company spending $3 billion on content this year for the service. So overall, I think Peacock did okay the past quarter, as while it stagnated, it didn't start to bleed subscribers. The issue I see is they plan on spending $3 billion overall this year on content, which on paper sounds great. Gotta spend money to make money, especially in streaming. My issue is we're now over halfway done with 2022. Where is the content? Like the biggest things they have gone so far is the Winter Olympics and their films from Universal, right? Like Ambulance, The Bad Guys, soon to be Jurassic World Dominion. But besides that, nothing stands out that's like, wow, this brand new series, I need to sign up for Peacock just for this. They still don't have that it content that makes people talk about it. And no, Bel Air doesn't count. A while back, I talked about the Weird Al film being made for the Roku channel. Well, we got a date. The film starring Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al comes out November 4th. For it being on the Roku channel for free, I do wonder how this is going to perform. Since I don't think most people know about the Roku channel, the company is going to have to spend some money advertising it, beyond just plastering it on everyone's home screen on their Rokus. Moving over to Prime Video, one of the MGM films that was pulled from its theatrical release has gone a release date on Prime Video. Samaritan, the film starring Sylvester Stallone as an old superhero that's retired, comes out August 26th. The trailer released for it looks decent, and I'll probably give it a watch. But this makes it the second MGM film to be released on Prime Video in August, this and 13 Lives. It does kind of feel like Amazon is just pushing these out to move on from what was in production before the buyout was finished. Lastly, we go to Netflix, where they have a new film in the works. Taron Egerton has signed on to lead in the action thriller film Carry On. The film is about a TSA agent who gets blackmailed by a passenger to allow a dangerous package to go through security. The film is being produced by Netflix and Amblin, and will be directed by... Not clear when it will go into production, but it sounds like it will by the end of the year, possibly be released sometime next year. Edgerton is a good actor, and the plot is interesting, focusing on TSA agent, so I will definitely be giving it a watch. Also, Netflix released some trailers for the upcoming films. We got a trailer for Blonde, the Marilyn Monroe film starring Anna de Arms. It comes out September 28th. The second trailer we got was a teaser one for Pinocchio, the stop-motion adaptation of the story, directed by Guillermo del Toro, will be released in select theaters in November, and then on Netflix sometime in December. I wonder for this film, will select theaters be like the Grey Man release, or will it actually be in more theaters? We'll have to see. And that's it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. question for the episode is, with all of the Marvel films announced, are there any that you're actually looking forward to? Let me know on Facebook, link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening and see you next time.